This is episode 189 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are, How to Bug In, The Bug Out Alternative You Must Plan For, and Disaster Supplies. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. Hey, uh, I'd like to welcome all the new listeners to the podcast. Thanks so much for listening uh, in whichever way you came, whether it was iTunes, uh, some other you know, Stitcher, some other podcast network, or uh, even just, you know, you found us online and uh, maybe even word of mouth. So I'd uh, just like to welcome you to the podcast. Hope you find, uh, you know, preparedness and self-reliant information that you're looking for. We have over 188 episodes. Uh, this is 189, and so there's a lot of good information there. So uh, hopefully you can come, check it out, and if you get a chance, definitely go click on uh, the websites where we're reading these articles from. They always have great information, more than just what I'm reading uh, here on the podcast. Hey, uh, received uh, just uh, a comment on episode 187 that just blew me away. I just really appreciate it. Uh, Tracy left a comment and uh, it says, you don't know how much I appreciate your podcast. I have a farm in Royce City and work in Richardson. So I currently have a one hour and 20, 1.25 hour commute each way. In May, the office is moving to West Plano. So my commute will be at a minimum three hour per day away from my farm. That drive is now functional due to your podcast as I can't afford Audible yet. I never have time to read as there is so little time to get things done as I am on my own. Keep up the great work. Well, Tracy, I just, uh, man, that's a long commute, but three hours, uh, you know, when, you get, when you get to that in May, that's a, it's a long, long commute. But I'm glad that the, the Prepper Website Podcast can be there and uh, you know, give you a little bit of information and get you some preparedness information because I totally understand that. And uh, there's a lot of people in your same predicament that are doing a lot of driving, that are a lot of, you know, they're, they're very busy. They can't sit down to read articles. Uh, and so the podcast is one way where they can get preparedness information. So I appreciate your, um, your comment. Thanks so much for giving me that feedback. Stuff like this always kind of helps me uh, keep going and, and continue doing what we're doing. Uh, there's a lot of other great podcasts out there uh, uh, on, uh, on the Internet or, you know, on, on podcast uh, networks and hosts that uh, deal with preparedness as well. So um, we, one of the things we try to do, again, like always, is just to be daily and get it out there, get the information out there. So uh, it'll help you in your preparedness. So uh, again, thanks so much, Tracy. Uh, like always, uh, it really blesses me and uh, it helps keep me going. Hey, uh, today, uh, you know, for those of you that are new, they don't know, I, I record the Monday podcast on Sunday evening. And that's kind of the way that I do all the podcasts. Uh, just to just to be ready for those commutes, uh, just to be ready so that when you get in your vehicle, you can download, or you're at home, you can download them and then go into your, uh, uh, you know, get to uh, to driving wherever you're going. Uh, so, but anyway, as I was checking uh, the feeds and things, uh, there was a big earthquake today uh, in Iraq, and I, I guess it's like on the border of Iraq and Iran. And I'm seeing a lot of different reports. I'm seeing anywhere from like 90 people killed to 149 people killed. And there might be even more, you know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you don't often hear about earthquakes, uh, you know, there in, in Iraq and Iran. 
um, at least not 7.3 magnitude earthquakes. And uh, I just I can't believe that the buildings would be like up to code, like something that you would see in California or you know in Japan or something like that. And so I bet that there's going to be a lot of people, you know, a lot more deaths that they're going to find. Uh, I think I, I saw anywhere between a thousand people hurt. And so definitely keep these people in your in your prayers. Uh, just reading some of these headlines right here it says the earth, earthquake was so strong it was felt in Baghdad, more than 200 miles away. Um, yeah, so there's just just a lot of people, and uh, just scenes are terrible, uh, and you know they just don't have the the resources that we do when we uh, when this kind of stuff happens uh, in 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 America. So I'll be praying for those people. Hey, uh, I've been following. Hopefully, you're following as well. Uh, the things in Madagascar. Um, so the Black Death warning. Uh, they've always had this over here, and so this is kind of important. I'm not trying to be like doom filled or anything, but uh, it's, it, they are kind of just trying to keep people aware. This is something that uh, has always kind of been there. Uh, they've always dealt with it. It always kind of flares up, but it really happens in the poor parts of uh, of that country. But now they're saying that it's it's kind of moving into even the richer, and it's it's in the poor parts of the country because of hygiene and issues like that. And so when we talk about hygiene and preparedness, and even if you know there was a scenario where there was uh, the poop really hit the fan, um, hygiene would be so so important. But so it's always in these poor areas of the country that you know don't have proper hygiene, they don't have the the water, they're not taking care of themselves, they're not washing hands, they're not uh, we're you know all those kinds of things go into effect. But this one has gone into you know the the other parts of the country where people with money, uh, you know, and they do have the facilities to be able to to live a more hygienic life, uh, are starting to uh, is starting to affect them as well. And they've put ten countries on alert that it could easily kind of jump to. And so when it if it was to jump, you know, it you're you man, it's bad. So anyway, this one says. Uh, Health protection experts say it is possible for disease to spread to Europe and North America like Ebola did in 2014. Uh, the, the problem is, is that this one, I think, it would be a, it's a little bit more, um, I, I think it would be deadlier than, than uh, it was uh, than Ebola. Ebola wasn't you know, that big of a deal. That was more of a scare thing that kind of freaked everybody out. But, you know, it, it's one of those things, you know, do you have... Uh, you know supplies on hand if you were having to deal with this if you're having to to be a little bit more careful if you needed gloves if you do you have some natural gloves uh, you know disposable gloves that you can have that you can wear and uh, you know more maybe more than just one box do you have some N95 masks that you can put on uh, those kinds of things uh, I'll tell you what though when when the Ebola scare started going on those things were gone um, you couldn't find them on uh, on Amazon at all. Uh, I went to the to my local Walgreens. I could not find them at my local you know Walgreens or drugstore either. And they normally have they don't have a, a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, but it, they might have like two boxes right of, of gloves uh, or or a little bit more. Of the, I'm sorry, two boxes of the mask, a little bit more of the gloves, different types of gloves and stuff like that. But uh, all that was gone. It was wiped out. So when you need it, it's not there. So then you, you always hear that when uh, the, the time to prepare is, is now when people aren't really thinking about it. And so you can go ahead and stock away some supplies and it's, uh, you know, it's always going to be cheaper. It's never going to be cheaper than it is now. Right. And so, uh, you know, there's uh, there's so many uh, 
so many things that you you know you've got to think about. But just trying to keep you aware uh, out there what's going on. Uh, there's a there's always craziness, um, more crazy stuff coming all the time. Uh, this is not going to be you know the end of it. Definitely, we did have the meetup this uh, this Saturday here in Houston. And uh, not everybody got to come who, who was, was going to come, but it was great to be able to sit down and talk about preparedness and just kind of see where other people are in, in their th thinking and stuff like that, you know. And uh, so it was really great in, in talking about all the craziness. And we, we got to talk about all the craziness that's going on in the world. So uh, hopefully you have that opportunity somehow, some way to talk with other people and to uh, just kind of uh, bounce things off, you know, uh, off, off of each other when it comes to preparedness and kind of see where other people are because I think there's a big benefit to that. Um, I know a lot of people are all about the operational security and, and we talked a little bit about that uh, you know, it, when, when we met and I think things are softening up just a little bit in the preparedness community on that. You still have people who are the diehard. I'm not telling anybody, you know, that I'm a prepper and, and that I have supplies. And then when the poop hits the fan, I'm going to board up my house and that's it. You know, no one's coming in or out. And, and uh, you know, that's what's going to happen. Um, so I think that's softening up a little bit more. Like I've always said, I've uh, said it here uh, on the podcast and I said it in... Uh, in articles that I that I've written, if the, there was a real big poop to hit poop hit the fan scenario where it was like, hey, the big one that we always talk about uh, that never you know it's never ever happened before, but the big one, right? Um, I would be out mobilizing my community because I know that even if I have all the prepper supplies and I, I am prepped to the max. And I am ready to withstand, you know, 10 years, right? 10 years of, of, of living on my own and food and storage and all that kind of junk is going to mean nothing to me if all of everybody around me is not there to, you know, help provide security and help, uh, you know, uh, you know, build, build life from, from, from here on out. And so, uh, you know, it's very easy for people if they wanted to come and start picking off people one at a time. But it's a lot harder when there's a whole neighborhood that's banded together and providing security. And, and so that's what I would be doing. So the, the operational security thing is not as big of a deal for me, but I know uh, that it is still for a lot of people. So when we get together, uh, those kinds of things, uh, people are very, very cautious about those, uh, you know, about, about talking what it is uh, or talking about preparedness and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And you don't have to. You don't have to go spill the whole, you know, everything that you have. You don't have to go share everything that, you know, like, hey, here's my list. You, you don't need to do that. You could talk about general preparedness and what's going on. And, uh, and, and uh, you always find out things that are, are interesting, things maybe that you never thought about. And so if you're in a situation where you can't do that, maybe you're not in a city like Houston where you can meet up with somebody. or uh, And you know what's sad is Houston is a big metroplex. Uh, we had two official meetup groups. Uh, in fact, that's how I met some people um, here in the Houston area. You know, at the very, very beginning, I, I went to meetup.com and I searched it out, and there was two groups. One was not active, but it was they had a group, but they weren't very active, and one was barely starting up. And I went to that very, very first meeting. I went to a couple of meetings afterwards. It was just kind of it's a little bit further out for me. Um, and by the time I started it, I, or started going, I was already kind of starting a prepper website there. And uh, but it, it was it was beneficial. It was good to be around other people. It just felt good. It's like, hey, I'm not alone in all this. 
Um, but it's sad that we don't have anything else like that here in um, in the Houston area. And so I definitely understand if you're in a smaller community, you don't have something like that. Um, that's why I think uh, the Facebook group is so beneficial. So if you if you don't have anything like that, there's just no way that you're like, Todd, forget that. I am not going to go meet up with somebody uh, somewhere at a coffee shop or, or you know, at the, have breakfast or whatever and talk about preparedness. I'm just not going to do that. Uh, you know, come over to the Facebook group and at least you can you can find out what other people are saying and ask some questions and have a little feel uh, like you're a part of a community there. Uh, and so I'm, I'm again, I'm very proud of what's going on over there. And if you uh, if you'd like to come, just come over to the prepper website podcast dot com. Click on Facebook group and it'll get you over there and you can just request to join. Or if you want to just straight in your browser, you can type in a more self-reliant life dot com and that will take you straight over there. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into our articles uh, starting out another week of preparedness uh, podcast and articles. And our first one comes to us from TruePrepper.com. Again, TruePrepper.com, and this one is entitled, How to Bug In the Bug Out Alternative You Must Plan For. And, uh, you know, some of you who are um, experienced in preparedness and you've been prepping for a long time, uh, you might uh, think of this like a really another, you know, bug in or bug out article. I, I want to remind you, there's a lot of people that are starting to wake up to preparedness. There's a lot of people that are coming to the, to the understanding that it makes sense to be prepared. And so um, a lot of new people are coming to the and finding um, uh, the Prepper website through the podcast. And uh, that's why I read some of these. But there's always, I want to challenge you, there's always new ways of, of thinking and kind of uh, you know, processing this. And there might be some good information here for you. So uh, again, how to bug in the bug out alternative you must plan for. When SHTF, getting out of Dodge is usually a good idea. But what if it's just not possible? The bug-in plan is a solid preparation tool for the worst scenarios you could conceive. It involves plenty of forethought, supplies, and staying informed. Bugging in is not a reaction to an event, but it is the result of months or even years of preparation. It is very different from bugging out, although both plans are deeply rooted in prepping. So what is bugging in? Bugging in is pretty much just staying in a safe location with survival resources. This is the opposite of bugging out where you would leave to an alternate bug out location or BOL, which would theoretically be a safer place to survive. There are several different ways to bug in and they all revolve around different threats and stages of planning. If you plan on staying put in an emergency, you will most certainly need to have a plan and plenty of resources. Bugging out requires less resources so you can be more mobile. When you bug in, you don't have the issue of needing to be mobile. So the amount of resources on hand is limited by three factors. Number one is space. You can only store what you can fit. Shelving and storage solutions can help you fit more. Cost. Although preppers love free stuff, see our free ebook listing, most resources cost goods, hard-earned money. And intent. You can have all the room and the money in the world, but if you don't have any drive to be ready for SHTF, you probably aren't going to have too many resources available. It takes prior planning and more than a few thoughts to get prepared for more for most contingency situations. Work with what you have and know that intent is the factor you can control now. Preppers in tiny apartments and trailers with low income jobs have effectively prepared with up to 10 years of bug in supplies. So what's your excuse? What threat will require you to bug in? 
Despite all the talk about bug out bags and bugging out, being required to bug in is actually more likely. One of the main keys of bugging out is prior notice. Without enough notice or time, bugging out can be extremely dangerous and bad timing can be deadly. Pulling from our True Risk Analysis Index, and there's a link to that, here are a few threats where a bug-in plan makes sense. Bombs and shootings, earthquakes, pandemics, power outages, hazmat incidents, space weather, biological attacks, RDD and REDs, nuclear attacks, chemical attacks. You may be saying to yourself, wait, I'm definitely planning on bugging out during a nuclear attack. Sure, that's a good plan, but what is the notification time on one of those? Can you get to your bug out location within 20 minutes? If not, having a bug in plan even to hold you over until you can actually bug out to your alternate location is a good idea. With many of these situations, the worst place you could be caught at the height of the incident is on the road. That includes many more, such as hurricanes and floods, but those usually provide plenty of notice for evacuation. The key components for bugging in. If you are planning to bug in as a holdover until you can bug out, you will still need the majority of the basics. If you don't have a bug out option, you'll definitely need a bug in plan. Now, no matter your situation, a bug in plan focuses on these key components. Shelter. Having a solid shelter to weather storms, attacks, and incidents is very important. If you have, a, if you have multiple rooms, identify the room you want to become your main shelter room. HQ, bunker, safe room, whatever you want to call it, this should be wherever, where your supplies are kept. It should be big enough to house everyone in your family, and if not, you may need to get creative with shelving or lofts. You should also have your survival kit in your identified shelter room. This survival kit. We have a whole separate section on this. The kit has basic necessities, but scalable supplies for food and water so you can survive for longer periods Specialty kits can be added for elevated threats in your area, such as nuclear accidents or earthquakes. So there's links to survival kit and specialty kits here. Security. Some people lump this into the survival kit section, but it deserves mention on its own. Security isn't just made up of a shotgun kept in a safe. It should be a part of the planning process for each and every step. The shelter room you pick should be a secure and defendable position. Your home should not be an easy target for burglars. Keeping security at the forefront shouldn't just be for bug-in planning. It should be at the forefront for prepping period. We have plenty of articles on how to easily improve your security situation, so be sure to check them out. And there's links here. Uh, again, 13 easy home security upgrades and outdoor home security. Number four is information. How we get information during a catastrophic event can make the difference between life and death. If you don't get notified of an inbound nuclear attack, how much good does an underground bunker do you? Staying informed is something that most preppers work on each and every day. Besides learning new prepping tips and techniques, just keeping up to date on current events is a good idea. Going past the current events and learning about early warning systems is an even better idea. Number five is action plan. All of the gear you could ever want combined with a large arsenal and a missile silo is useless without a plan. Luckily, this is easy to fix. We have a free emergency action plan template that is easily adopted for a bug-in scenario if you are just getting started with prepping. This post will break down how to fill out the EAP or you can just jump straight into the template. A get home bag. A GHB or get home bag is similar to a bug out bag, but it is for getting, your back, getting you back to your supplies at home. Most of us commute some distance to work or leave the home often for some other reason. 
The possibility of an emergency or disaster doesn't just go away when you leave your threshold. In many cases, it is even more likely when you are away during the day at work. Check out our Get Home Bag Guide so you can get home safely. The answer is all of the above. The age-old prepping question is, are you planning to bug in or bug out when SHTF? I hate this question. Why polarize two equally productive plans just for the sake of argument? Most times, one prepper will say, I'm headed off-grid to my bug-out location, and the other guy will say, I'm stocked for 15 years in place. The best question is, why aren't you prepared for both? We've seen that there is a, never a single good answer for all of the possible events that could happen. Bugging out is better in some situations, and hunkering down is better in others. Don't subscribe to one brand of prepping. Be prepared for it all. The final word. A bugging plan is easier than it sounds. It can be as involved and complicated as you want it to be, or you can just keep it simple. The bottom line is we encourage everyone to at least have a plan. We hope you've learned what bugging in is, how to bug in, and will consider developing a plan if you haven't already. Keep exploring, stay prepared, and be safe. All right, so uh, I think uh, good article here. I just want to I want to clarify a couple of things because um, it makes it seem like um, bugging in would just be like a, a bug out version of your home, and I just kind of want to clear up that a little bit um, because you know when you're when you're at home, you are in a familiar place. You have everything you need, uh, you know, to, to at home. Uh, when you bug out, you have a very limited, you know, you have a backpack and then you are very limited on the weight that you can carry. A lot of people, when they're first starting out, will pack their bags full of all kinds of crap. It'll be so heavy that, yeah, you can take it from, you know, from your closet to your, or, or you, you know, from wherever you're putting the supplies, the living room, and then put it to your closet. It's not that heavy, but once you put it on and you walk, try walking a little bit with it and see, you know, how long you're, you're good there. And, um, now, that's one of the things that you always, always read about where people start uh, yanking stuff out because it's just too heavy. And so you really want, uh, you know, only the supplies that you need, you are the supplies that you need to bug out to where you're going. It is not a uh, an inch bag. I mean, you might have heard the term inch. I'm never coming home. Uh, in that case, you know, everything that you could possibly ever want that would fit in a backpack and realizing that it's going to be super heavy as well that's you know that's that scenario but a bug out or a bug out bag is just to get you to your bug out location or to a safer place whatever that means for you whatever that looks like a lot of the times people you know a bug out bag is like the intention is to uh you know like you're you're strapping it on your back and you're going but you might have a bug out tote because you might be getting in a vehicle that might be your plan right you might have a, a bug out box or you know something along those lines um where it's not necessarily a backpack that you're putting on. Now, I, I recommend, again, that you plan for all contingencies, like this kind of this article says. But I wanted to just kind of clarify it because I don't, I don't know how necessary, for instance, if we bugged in here. And so, uh, in, you know, what's it's ironic is that this is one of the conversations that we had this weekend when we met up. Um, you know, if we were to bug in here, I would not have one room that would be, you know, my, my main shelter. I, I just wouldn't do that. Everybody would have, uh, everyone would still be in their own rooms and, and, you know, life would continue on like we were living in this home. So I wouldn't pull everybody in uh, to one room and just try to live off of that. I wouldn't put all my supplies in one room. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't do that either. 
Um, and so, you know, that's uh, that's one thing that I don't agree with this article here. Um, uh, when you're bugging in, I mean, you're you're at, you're just at home. You're at, you're at home, and you're you're going to weather whatever it is that's out there, uh, and and uh, you're going from there. Uh, but a lot of great I- uh, ideas and good information here. Things that you need to consider. Um, you know, the your your having supplies, your security. Uh, information and having a plan just man having uh, a, a plan is so important thinking through what you would do and uh, putting some some things in place you know and maybe even talking that through if your spouse is on board and if your kids are on board so that they know you know and I know some people run through scenarios and like you know how long would it take us to do this and and, and all those kinds of things and and I don't know, your, your family, you might be the only one prepping and no one would ever be on board with that. But at least you might have an idea of preparedness and uh, of, you know, plans that what would, ha- what would happen. So when, uh, you know, there was a situation, ar- uh, if, if it ever arose, you're able to say, boom, 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 this is what we're doing. This is how uh, things are going to go down. And it uh, kind of goes from there. So um, I, wanna, I wanted to ask, throw a question out there for you and uh if you feel maybe you've thought about it, maybe you can think about it this week and come back to episode 189 and drop it in the uh, in the comment section. But my my uh, my question is this, right? If if you were in a situation where you had a place where you were going to bug out to, let's say you had uh, you know a place out in the country, you had a family with a farm, blah, whatever, right? You were going to bug out, and it was a big one, you know, the big one, uh, not just like Hurricane Harvey or, or, you know, something like that where you know that you can just travel up north a little bit and, uh, you know, go get a hotel room. I'm talking about the big one. So if you know that you are going to bug out, but you don't make it in time, and uh, we've had dip- various articles, and uh, I know that I've had guest articles talking about the bug out formula, and I'll, um, I'm gonna, I'll link to that one uh, in my... Uh, in the show notes so you can check that out uh, so it the bug out formula is just basically saying that uh, when you add up all the people in a uh, in a city and then the uh, car links and all this kind of information that if you don't get a real big jump on uh, evacuating getting out bugging out then you would not uh, you wouldn't make it you'll be stuck in in uh, traffic and uh, you'll wind up having to get out and and uh, hoof it on foot, right? And so uh, I'll link to that that article. I think it's a great article. Uh, go check that out. So if you were to bug out, you were planning on bugging out, but you didn't make the uh, you know, the cut, and so or whatever. Let's just say there was a nuclear uh, nuclear exchange, and there's a lot of radiation out. How and then craziness uh, happened out there, right? Um, how long would you wait? before you left your home to get out there. Now, I know every situation and scenario is going to be a little bit different. When you're talking about nuclear, you're talking about radiation being out there, you want the radiation to settle after, you know, uh, two or three days, you want that to be able to settle down. Uh, But if you're talking about mass chaos and and craziness out there, uh, would you wait a week? Would you wait two weeks? Would you do it in the middle of the night? Would you do it, you know, uh, early morning. Would you wait a month, two months before you bugged out? Uh, would you try to do it in a vehicle? Would you do it on bike? Would you do it on, you know, how would you do it? 
Uh, have you thought about that? If you if you had to wait, and I know it's it's you, you can't just stay specifics. Uh, or you, I mean, you know, every situation is going to be different, right? Because uh, every every disaster is um, is going to have different ideas to it. But have you ever thought about that? And uh, I'd love for you if you shared some of those ideas, share them over on episode 189. I like the idea of bug out, uh, just having plans. Because um, there's people that plan on bugging in, uh, but in something like Hurricane Harvey, uh, they, bug, they, they plan on bugging in and they lost their, everything inside of their house because it flooded. I mean, you know, 8 feet, 10 feet, uh, some houses were completely engulfed in water, you know, all the way to the roofs. And so you lost everything. And so, you know, how would that, um, you know, if you were planning on bugging in and, and that happened, what would you do then? Right? Maybe that's a question that you need to think about. Or if a fire ripped through and, uh, or, you know, whatever, uh, and, uh, a tornado came and destroyed your house, where, and you were planning on bugging in, what would you do then? Uh, you know, so all kinds of, uh, craziness, right? If the biker Mars, but, but biker mice from Mars took over your neighborhood, where would you go? What would you do? Uh, do you just have an idea, you know, an idea of what you would do? So, that's over at TruePrepper.com. I'm giving you a lot of stuff there to consider. Uh, and some of it is just kind of way out there. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's, sometimes it's good to scenario, uh, you know, play the scenario through and like, hey, what would I do? You know, where would I go? Do I have any family that's out there? Could I, am I just going to go into the woods and just survive out and, you know, try to be a wilderness survival guide? I don't know. So, uh, you know, think it through. All right, so that again, TruePrepper.com. That's that uh, that website. Go check that one out, and uh, definitely a couple of links you want to check out. Our next article comes to us from uh, two of my favorite people in survival, uh, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy over at DoomAndBloom.net. Uh, they normally do articles on uh, medicine, right? Survival medicine, disaster medicine. Um, this one is not so uh, so much on that. This is more on just disaster supplies. And things to uh, to consider, kind of uh, a little bit more expanded, uh, way more expanded than the first article uh, talks with. And uh, it's actually this is um, Nurse Amy. He's writing this one. Uh, when I when I look down at the bottom, that's uh, she's writing this one. It's not Doctor Bones. And um, like I said, they're two of my favorite people on preparedness. If you do not have their book. Um, the the survival wilderness handbook you definitely the survival medicine handbook you definitely need to get that uh, I'm going to link to it in the show notes um, on the website the prepper website podcast.com uh, it will not be in the show notes if you are like on iTunes or uh, you know some other podcast because I can't I can't do that because Amazon uh, will ding me which uh, I kind of already felt that already so um, Anyway, so uh, if, if you want if you want to link to it, you know it's an Amazon. Uh, uh, I'm an Amazon affiliate, and so you can go to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com, episode 189, and um, just click on it and uh, get you over there. And I believe that is if you don't have any preparedness books, or you came to me and you said, Todd, what one book do I need to buy? What one preparedness book do I need to buy? This is going to be the first one that I tell you. And uh, being that there's just so much information here, uh, you know, I've talked about the, just the state of medical care, and uh, I, I just think it's going to get worse, and I think it's smart to have this information. Um, I'm probably going to put that book on the side of the sidebar 
um, over at theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. I talk about it so much that I'm just like, man, I just need to go put it over there um, because that's um, that's a, a book that I highly, highly recommend. All right, so let's go ahead and read this one again. Disaster Supplies uh, over at doomandbloom.net. A natural disaster can disrupt the lives of average citizens, and having the right supplies when it hits can mean the difference between life and death. Assembling these supplies in advance is the key to success. If you've ever lived in a community that was in the path of a hurricane, you've seen the empty shelves and crowds at local supermarkets. Panic buying is a poor alternative to an organized plan of action, with many supplies unavailable by the time you get to the store. But where to start? Lists of recommended items are long and sometimes so detailed that you might, your mind just explodes at the thought of gathering at all. You can't finish if you don't start. However, begin to accumulate a few items each month and you'll be more likely to weather the storm. And just a side note, that is one reason why I am doing my uh, Survival for the Common Man series over at edthatmatters.com. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to keep to a certain schedule uh, because I just... Uh, things get life starts happening right I wish man the greatest thing would be if I could just stay home and and write and produce content because I have so many ideas but it's just time time is the factor but that's one reason why I am doing that so uh, new preppers and I I just kind of felt that since uh, you know the, the the podcast I know that there's a lot of people that are finding the podcast uh, that are new to prepare and maybe they don't even consider you don't even consider yourself a prepper but you're like okay this is information I might need because I see the craziness out there and so I just kind of want to make it easy and break it down for you and so uh, that's why I'm doing those those uh, that series over there at edthatmatters.com uh, I have another one definitely I'm about halfway through with it I have probably uh, come out next week all right so um, continuing on with this article I split my personal supplies into three types short, medium, and long-term. A typical short-term event would be, say, a blizzard or other event that takes you off the grid for just a few days or not at all. A medium-term event could be the aftermath of a major hurricane where weeks may go by without electricity. And a classic long-term event would be an electromagnetic pulse, an EMP, where years may go by without power. Preparing for an emergency involves knowing who you will be responsible for. If you have family with special needs, consider extra supplies tailored for them. Infants and children require even more thought when gathering supplies like formula and diapers, and older members of your family may need items to keep them safe and healthy, like extra medications, adult diapers, or walkers. The categories of items you'll need, called preps, don't really change with the length of time off the grid, but the quantities and varieties do. The amount you stockpile depends upon what event your community is most at risk to experience. Just the mere fact of not having enough drinkable or potable water puts you and your family in danger. Knowing how to turn unsafe water into drinkable water may save your life. Knowledge is the greatest power, but having supplies will make the knowledge work much better. If you need to leave your house, consider making go bags for each member of your family, including pets. Keep them lightweight and easily carried. Look for compact items like energy bars and small water filters. Lifestraw and Mini Sawyers are examples. Here's a list of useful items grouped by category. Water. Just the mere fact of not having enough drinkable or potable water puts you and your family in danger. Knowing how to turn unsafe water into drinkable water may save your life. 
To avoid dehydration, have at least one gallon of drinkable water per person, per day. Have a way to store water and methods to make water safe to drink through filtration and purification. You can use plain, non-scented household bleach at 12 to 16 drops per gallon to help purify water. Filter first if needed. Be sure to wait 30 minutes for the bleach to take effect, then shake to aerate, which makes it taste better. Hey guys, I would, uh, that, that's great information there. They have a, uh, a link here at the bottom. I believe it's at the bottom. And uh, I, I blow up the articles just so that it's easier for me to read. Uh, but they do have a print this or turn it into a PDF article or a, a tab. And I just can't seem to find it right now. I have the, you know, I've lost my place and I've, I've blown up the, the screen so big. But uh, that's good information that you need to have. And uh, you might want to just kind of keep that information there, uh, right there, that, uh, that, uh, that paragraph that I read. All right, the next one is food. Most municipalities recommend you have at least three days of food. This is somewhat arbitrary. I suggest at least seven to ten days as loss of power can easily last longer. Get non-perishable food and have a manual can opener. Some freeze-dried foods come in packets that last for 15 to 30 years and only require boiling water to prepare. Warmth and shelter. Have ways to start fires outside only to stay warm, cook food, and boil water. Get tents, tarps, rope, and paracord. Learn how to make shelters and seal off roof or window leaks. Have extra plywood for doors and windows in case of a hurricane. Taping windows is no longer recommended. First aid. Have at least a basic first aid kit and OTC medicine or over-the-counter medicines to deal with common injuries and illnesses seen in the aftermath of disasters such as cuts, bleeding, sprains and strains, diarrhea, pains and aches, colds and flus, etc. Don't forget prescription medications for those with chronic medical issues. Number five is hygiene. In order to stay healthy, you must keep your family clean. Get extra toilet paper, paper towels, buckets for washing, moist towelettes, feminine supplies, and supplies for waste disposal, like garbage bags and ties. Number six, lighting. Have ways to light up the night. Get flashlights, of course, extra batteries, rechargeable or better, solar lights, crank-powered lights, power discussed later. The medic should consider a headlamp to keep both hands free. A whistle or a loud sound pr producing item. Have a method to make a loud noise to alert emergency response personnel to your whereabouts. Tools. Get, mul get multi-use tools like the Swiss Army knife and Leatherman. Have a wrench to turn off utilities, some duct tape, an axe, a saw. If you're in a flood zone, place the axe and saw in your roof space to aid you in escaping to the roof. I, I wouldn't put that up there uh, until you, you knew that you were going to flood. Um, but that is one of the things that, uh, you know, that I saw when, um, and it's not, I'm just laughing at it because I'm, I'm picturing the person that was asking the question, but uh, it's not a laughing matter uh, while, I, while I laugh, right? Um, when things were going on here uh, in Houston and, uh, you know, there were people who were, they were flooding. I mean, water was in their house. And it didn't look like it was stopping. And, uh, you know, they were like, hey, what, what do we need to do? Where do we go if we, you know, if we have to, if the water gets too high for us, what do we do? And, of course, people are like, you go to your attic and make sure that you take something that you can bust through the roof with if you need to, you know. And uh, so it definitely, uh, it's nice to have a, a nice little axe. Um, a small a small axe or a hatchet. Uh, you know, you can't, it, you might not be able to swing a whole big 
axe in your in your attic if it's not very big. But uh, you want to be able to to uh, punch through punch through the roof, and uh, you need to be able to have some kind of materials to do that. An escape ladder may be necessary if you're getting out of, out of a, on a roof or higher than a one-story building. Make sure you know where the fire extinguishers are and that they are not expired. Communication. Text messages will be delivered easier than voice in some circumstances. A CB radio, ham radio, you need a license, and two-way radios are good to have. To keep updated on the news and emergency bulletins, have a battery and hand crank radio with NOAA weather tone alerts. Don't forget the extra batteries. Power. If the electricity is out, you will need a way to recharge batteries and other items. Solar panels along with the solar storage battery can help. There are several on the market. Small solar charge battery storage products are lightweight and can recharge a cell phone or power a radio. These may be your best for a go bag. Generators that use gasoline must be outside and far away from open doors and windows to avoid being overcome by fumes. ID and important document storage. Guys, this is an important one right here. Back up all computers on external hard drives, more than one. Put important scanned documents on an iCloud account, which you can then access anywhere later, and on memory USB sticks, maybe several of those. Place them in different locations like a water fireproof safe in a bank safety deposit box and mail to a trusted relative. Store documents in small waterproof containers for your go bag. Include insurance policies, driver license, passports, birth certificates, and photos of every room of your house for insurance purposes. Some people might have problems with the, uh, you know, putting the documents on an iCloud account. Um, you know, so that's something that you need to consider. And uh, I, I think there are ways to do some of those kinds of things um, very stealthily. But uh, and maybe that's something that I'll talk about a little bit later on. But uh, I I do agree. You have to have you know uh, your important documents in multiple places. Um, let me see. You can also email these scanned documents to yourself for later printing. Don't forget ID and passwords for accounts. I write mine in a way only I can interpret for safety. Money. When we talk about a power outage, there may be enough loss of power, purchasing power, or another loss of power, I'm sorry, another loss of power, purchasing power. If the electricity is out, stores will not be able to process credit cards or make change. Have cash on hand in small denominations. Keep small bills and coins in a waterproof case bag and consider a little silver as well. Evacuation. Your GPS may not function, so have maps and a compass to help guide your escape. You may end up in an area you are not familiar with. Plan routes of escape for fires and flooding and make sure each family member practices drills and has a specific meeting point. As mentioned earlier, each person should also have their own personal go bag with appropriate items including the kids and pets. Writing tools. You may want to document events or communicate with others, so having pens, pencils, and a sharpener and notebooks should be considered. Number 15. Distractions and fun. Stress is not good for people long term. Get some playing cards and a book with rules for lots of different ways to play games. Put an extra toy or favorite stuffed animal in your child's go bag. Get some board games, puzzles, and hobby craft supplies. Don't forget on the disaster. Don't focus on the disaster and all the horrible details with your children. Keep it light as if you can. Number 16. Pets. Have extra pet supplies including food and medications. Have a way to get them out of the house safely if needed. 
Few people know that hotels cannot refuse to rent you a room during officially declared states of emergency just because you have a small pet. But don't expect them to let your family goat or chicken in the room. Have a plan for larger pets if possible. Knowledge is power, but having supplies will make that knowledge work much better. Having a survival library and print books, not digital, with the knowledge you don't have right now, a flashlight or fire is all you will need to read them in the dark. Amy Alton. All right, so great article there. A lot of good information starting out. And, uh, you know, maybe there's some things here that you have missed. Uh, in in reading in reading this article, you know, were there some thing or listening to this article, were there some things that like, well, oh, wait a minute, I haven't thought about that, or I haven't checked that aspect of my preparedness in a long, long time. I wonder how it's faring. Maybe I need to go and uh, do a little quick little inventory and just check all those things out. But uh, great article over here. They have uh, some links uh, in this article, not a lot, but some that you definitely want to go check out. And uh, normally when they are linking to things, they're linking to some really great things. And most of the most websites are linking to great things. So you want to go check uh, their website out. And like I said, they have tons of great information over there. And I just wanted to see just really quick if I could see that uh, print off the PDF or print version. Um, yes. Okay. So at the very bottom, um, where, uh, so you have to scroll down below where it says join our newsletter. Um, there is a print friendly screen and uh, it's a green button and you can click that and uh, you can uh, it opens up a, a dialogue there so that you can uh, print it out. So I love that about their their articles because that uh, you know it makes it really easy for you to be able to print it out if you're wanting to put that in a, in a preparedness binder. Uh, so go check that out over at doomandbloom.net. Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's uh, website sort of on survival medicine and hey, they also have a podcast too which is a great podcast uh, and they and let me just say this they also have they have the the survival medicine podcast but they also have a podcast that's uh, geared a little bit more towards politics uh, and current events and those kinds of things if you're interested in that uh, I don't see I know that they've talked about it and there used to be a link on their um, on their website, uh, but you can be, I'm sure you can easily find them uh, just doing, just doing a search for them. But uh, so if you're interested in looking at for another podcast, that is uh, a way to go, uh, you know, do that and uh, uh, get some more information from them. And I just love, I just, you know, they're real people uh, when you, when you talk to them and when you, you know, when you're sitting with them and sharing a meal with them, I just want to let you know that they are real people and so that's what uh, one thing i love about them all right so guys that's uh, that's it for the monday podcast i'm looking forward to spending the rest of the week with you on uh, on this podcast and bringing some more great articles uh if you get a chance love for you to come over like i said before come over to the website the prepper website podcast.com drop me a line in one of the episodes uh in, in one of the comment sections in one of the episodes and uh, I always see those, and uh, I try to respond to every single one of them uh, when, when they come uh, my way. So if, uh, if it's not uh, on the podcast website, you can come over to uh, one of the social media channels. I am on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Always love to connect with listeners there. I always love getting feedback from you guys. Um, you guys are great, and so uh, I really just do appreciate that. And love if you would uh, share out our, our podcast with, uh, with your friends. 
on maybe on social media. We made it very easy to, if you come over to the to the website to to share it out that way. But uh, maybe you just you know you just copy the link and send it out to somebody uh, that you know and say hey you might be interested in this. Uh, just you know it's a different type of podcast. So um, uh, I always appreciate when people help kind of to spread the, the message of preparedness out there. Um, you know the more people that are prepared, the better it is for those of us who are prepared uh, in the long run. Uh, so with that. Choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.